Good morning to you. Wednesday, midday, yeah, middle of the weekday is where we're at, hump day, over the hill day. We're closer to uh, Friday than we were on Monday, which is always a good thing. Now, if you don't like the heat, I wish I could give you better news, but I can't. If you liked yesterday, you're going to like today because it's going to be almost a mirror image of what yesterday was so it's going to be uh, hot outside it's going to be sunny outside and uh, well i gotta be honest with you this is my type of weather now it took me a while once i moved to arkansas back in 2000 to uh, get used to the heat because i grew up in the north i grew up outside of chicago but it took me that long to thaw out I mean, it really did. It took a long time to thaw out from the cold, cold winters that we had up in Chicago. I went through like the 1969 blizzard and all the rest. That's when we got 48 inches of snow, and it really messed things up. I mean, when when it messes things up north and you can't get around, you know it's done some snowing. All right? And then, uh, you know, had a lot of those really cold days. If, you, if you've if you lived in Chicago or lived in that area, then you know that you've got that, that, that blowing wind going on all the time off of the lake. It comes, you know, whipping off the lake, and it would cut you like a knife, at least it would feel that way. But, uh, yeah, I, I got used to the, the weather when it was really, really cold, but what can I tell you? I've thought out now, and I look forward to the hot weather of the summertime. My mom was a hot weather person. She loved it when it was really hot weather as far as that uh, that was concerned. Uh, let me go over what's coming up today because we got a lot of good stuff today. Uh, at 635, Grover Norquist has joined me for Americans for Tax Reform. Grover is on about every four or five months. It's always good to talk to him. We'll talk to him today, talk about inflation, talk about you know, things that are going on in the economy. He'll give you the, the long and short of it, so to speak. At 7 o'clock, uh, it's going to be Congressman French Hill. At 7.35, we will talk to uh, Bruce Westerman and uh, Congressman Gonzalez from Texas. We'll talk to both of them about the border situation. So we're going to look forward to uh, having the opportunity to uh, talk to them. And then I want to talk uh, coming up at 9 o'clock with Doyle Webb. I checked in with him yesterday. He said, yep, he'll be here. So uh, we'll sit and talk to Doyle about all things conservative politics and uh, Republican Party politics as well during the 9 o'clock hour. So a full show today. Uh, You want to stay for the whole deal. You don't want to miss anything. Now, Ryan Anderson is going to join us right out of the box here. Ryan, uh, last I heard, now I'm not sure if he's still with it, but he was with the Heritage Foundation. He has uh, written several books dealing with transgenderism, and I wanted to get him on. I just, Ryan, I wanted to let you know, I just got a... uh, 
a press release sent to me uh, early this morning, and I'm really excited about this because uh, a lot of people know that uh, I've worked on Title IX for years. I mean, I started working on Title IX when I was like 23 years old. I won the Women's Sports Foundation coverage for best uh, uh, women's uh, coverage of uh, uh, ladies' sports on radio back in the the, uh, 80s. And uh, but uh, the Women's Sports Foundation now has has forgotten women again and uh, has said, well, no, we think transgender women should be able to come in and uh, and compete against uh, women. So it's really men against women. Yesterday, I was notified that ICONS, the Independent Council on Women's Sports, will hold an inaugural press conference on June 27th. In Las Vegas, Nevada, world-class women athletes will join members and supporters to announce a new organization advocating for female athletes, uh, which is called the Independent Council on Women's Sports. There's some very, very big names getting behind this. Uh, Donna De Verona is going to be in, two-time Olympic gold medalist. Uh, Martina Navatilova, Riley Gaines, Nancy Hogshead, which I think is great. Makers or last name, but I sat at her table at the Women's Sports Foundation uh, the night that uh, I got my award from them, and I was with her and Susan Butcher, who won the Iditarod, and it was really uh, Hogshead and I, and I was a, a, a single guy at that moment, went to Stringfellow's Discotheque that night, so it's uh, interesting to see that she's still working on this, and Ryan, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on this morning. Yeah, I've been I've been working this stuff uh, about women's sports. Women, when I was going to high school, they didn't have women's basketball. They had a women's kind of a women's track team, but it was pretty ragtag. They didn't get a lot of the money that the boys' track team got. And you know how it used to be. I mean, it was it was it wasn't. The women who really wanted to play sports, and there were many, and there were many that I knew. I was a, um, I played sports, high school football, basketball, and baseball. Went on to play college baseball, and the thing that I I want everybody to know is that they were getting short shift, and so Title IX was passed, money started flowing into women's sports, and we're where we're at today. And now we're trying to we're trying to tear it all down again, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, what this shows is that the activists are committed to ideology. Um, they're not committed to real equality. I mean, the reason that we have separate basketball teams for boys and girls, men and women, are that there are physical differences that make a difference, right? There are biological differences between males and females that make a difference when it comes to athletic competition, when it comes to privacy, um, you know, physical privacy, yes. when it comes to uh, safety. This is why we have separate prisons for men and women. It's why we have separate locker rooms, bathrooms, and sports teams. And now you have ideologues uh, saying that, well, if you identify as a woman, you are a woman, even if you have all the male parts, even if the reason you were sent to prison is because of sexual crimes, even if you clearly have physical advantages in physical competition, uh, such as the University of Pennsylvania swimmer, uh, Laya Thomas, like, it's all ideology all the way down. Well, it, um, and we just need people willing to say the emperor has no clothes. Yeah, this and, is not and he does. Reality. I mean, this is this is crazy what they're saying. I, I'm going to have an author on next week uh, that 
has written a book that is very well done. It's called Science in the Age of Unreason. And that's where we're at now. How can you say there's logic behind science when you have scientists saying, yeah, you can be a man identifying as a woman and you're a woman? Come on. They know that that's ridiculous. And this is where we just need ordinary Americans um, to say no. Right? I mean, don't defer to the so-called experts. Um, common sense can override all the PhDs in the world. I mean, things that every one of our grandparents knew as the law written on the heart um, doesn't change. And so I, I think this is actually an area where, you know, we, we can literally say um, the emperor has no clothes. Uh, and we don't need a bunch of expert scientists on our side if ordinary Americans are willing to speak the truth. Uh, even to those who might have elite credentials. Yeah, I just want to take people back. Let's just go back 10 years, okay? 10 years. We don't have to go back a long way. We don't have to, We can go back five years. And if I had said there's going to be a man uh, changing clothes in the women's locker room, walking around butt naked with the women, making them very, very uncomfortable, which is very understandable, and then telling them even that, you know what, I still like, uh, I still like women, you know, this country being in an uproar. And now it's, it's crazy. There's peop- well, I'll tell you what, the right is, expe- is, is, is scared to talk out. They're afraid to talk out because, like back in the days of other things, we get we get branded and painted with a broad brush. We're racist. We're homophobe. We're we're this. We're that. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, of course. And, and this is why I mean I do think it's important for our listeners not to allow the other side to intimidate us or to shame us or to silence us. I mean, I, this is actually um, an issue where the vast majority of the American people agree with you and me. It's only the elites, it's only the activists who are on board with this ideology. It doesn't matter whether you're liberal or conservative, Republican or Democrat, religious or secular. Um, This is a common sense issue. Um, And the vast majority of parents, again, whether liberal or conservative, Republican or Democrat, the vast majority of parents do not want this happening in their schools, with their children's sports teams. Um, So this is, again, I, I just think this is where we need the American people to say no to the elite class and to the expert class. Something that I'm seeing happen in Arkansas, Ryan, is school choice uh, is gaining a lot of momentum now. I mean, a lot of momentum. And I'm excited about next year when the General Assembly gets back together because we may see Arkansas do what Florida did and the money that's spent for education for the each student will follow the student to whatever school they want to take it to. And if that happens, I believe there will be a mass exodus from public schools. That's exactly right. We should be empowering parents, not empowering school bureaucrats. And that means the funding should follow the student and the parents should be in control of where that student goes. Um, if you if you if you empower the parents to be able to choose what sort of education they want for their child so that the funding follows the child, it'll break up the monopoly of the government run public schools. Uh, and then you'll discover that the parents don't like what the bureaucrats are selling. Um, but right now, the bureaucrats don't actually have to sell it. They can just impose it. Because That's right. A captive audience. And okay. once you actually create that market for education, Follow the, uh, uh, follow the money and follow the students, and you'll see what parents actually want. 
Well, where is the next field of battle on this this whole thing? I mean, sports seems to have helped bring it to a head. Most people can, I think, understand very clearly that a guy that was, you know, swimming for the men's team last year and couldn't beat hardly anybody suddenly decides now he's going to identify as a female and swims for the female team and blows everybody out of the water that there's some something very, very wrong with that, and a lot of the things that we fought for are being upended. So we got that going on. What are some of the other areas that we've got to, to get at? I guess school choice is one. What else? Oh, I, I think the medicine area on the transgender issue. Um, as upsetting as the sports issue is, when, when you see female athletes losing you know, championships that they've worked so hard for, you know, they've spent their entire high school career, college career, preparing for this moment, and they lose to a boy, that's upsetting and it's wrong, it's unfair, it's unjust. Even more upsetting and even more um, unjust are the children who are being prevented from going through puberty. Uh, Mm -hmm. The teenagers being given the opposite sex's sex hormone, who then in their mid-20s look back and regret it, and who then say to themselves, why did the adults do this to me? Um, I think that's the the, the biggest form of harm going on right now with transgender ideology. It's the harm that we're perpetrating on children's minds and bodies about who they are, right? Their very bodily existence. Um, And I think conservatives need to spend even more time um, uh, talking about and addressing that issue. Um, Because, I mean, this is literally, Abigail Schreier, the title of her book, Irreversible Damage, is exactly spot on. That's what we're doing to these kids. Well, I'll tell you what, you've paid a price. You've been attacked unrelentingly after the book that you wrote. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I wrote, it was four years ago, I wrote the book um, When Harry Became Sally, uh, Responding to the Transgender Moment. Um, And it's four years later, and still no one has been able to point out a single thing in the book that's inaccurate. Anything in the book that's false, that's wrong. Um, But activists attacked it. Uh, Three years after the fact, Amazon canceled the book, right? It was three years after the book came out and Amazon had been selling it for three years that Amazon then canceled the book and stopped selling it. Um, but look, I, I, I don't care about, um, uh, you know, activists saying mean things about me. Uh, I don't care about when people are like, you're on the wrong side of history. I want to be on the right side of truth. Uh, and I think that's the universal vocation here is to bear witness to the truth. And my book did that. Um, and the other books that I've written do that. And I think that's the most important thing, you know, any of us um, uh, can do on these issues. All right. What's the newest one you have out now? So we have a book coming out uh, two weeks from today uh, titled Tearing Us Apart, uh, How Abortion Harms Everything and Solves mm. Nothing. Um, and we, we, we wrote this book so that we would time the release with the Supreme Court's opinion in Dobbs. Um, because even before the Alito opinion was leaked, we could count to five, and we saw that there were five votes to finally admit that the Supreme Court got Roe v. Wade wrong, that the Constitution does not protect a choice for lethal violence in the womb, that the Constitution does not protect the killing of unborn children. And now what we would need as citizens um, is to persuade our neighbors uh, to vote the right way on pro-life legislation. Uh, and so the book is really meant to e- equip readers to have those conversations, to make the best arguments possible, um, to protect unborn babies, to protect pregnant mothers, to protect families. Um, everything that abortion has touched, it has harmed. 
and it has not solved any of the problems that it was promised uh, that it would solve. Absolutely. Ryan Anderson with us. I'm going to let him go, and he's got other th- other people to talk to. But let me say, you're singing to the choir today. You're talking to people in the most pro-life state in the United States, in Arkansas. And uh, we thank you for your hard work in this area and in the area of transgenderism. And uh, I really appreciate you, Ryan. And thanks so much for joining us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thank you. All right. Ryan Anderson here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, I want to talk about some elections that happened last night. Do not bode well for the Republican or the, pardon me, the Democrats. I'll talk about that when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about East End Towing. They are the people to call if you find yourself on the side of the road, if your car breaks down. But what if your car breaks down and you're towing your, tr- your camper or you're towing your boat? What do you do with the boat or the camper? Are you just going to leave it sitting there on the side of the road? There are certain areas of Arkansas, if you did that, you'd come back and it may not be there any longer. It may be there and been completely stripped down. So East End Towing, they understand that you can get caught in those situations. They understand those situations. They know how to handle them. And they've got the answers for you. Call them, 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849, East End Towing. 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, high today of 95, going to feel like 102 degrees outside. You get in the shade, it only feel like it's 95, all right? Chance of rain today, 2%. And I just looked at the uh, extended forecast. Highest uh, chance of rain we have is a few days next week where it gets to 25%. And that's typically what we see during the summer where you can get a pop-up thunderstorm or something like that because it does. It just gets humid and it gets hot around here. And uh, sounds like that we are firmly now uh, into summertime temperatures. And I'm not, I'm not sad about that. I'm happy about that, to be honest with you. All right, want to talk a little bit about some of the things that have gone on uh, in the world of politics for you. And uh, last night, uh, Mayra Flores in the 34th Congressional District in Texas uh, won an election. She's the first Mexican-born congressperson in america you know you don't have to be born in america to be uh, a congressperson or a senator you do have to be born in america if you're going to be president however uh, i want to look kind of into this race a little bit because biden won this district uh, by 13 points just a little over a year ago and Mayra won it back last night, and she's been a Republican all her life, by the way. Uh, she won by eight. Let's just do some quick math. That is a 21-point swing in a district that is nearly 90% Hispanic. If you are a Democrat... This does not bode well for you. If you're a leftist, this does not bode well for you. In fact, I'll tell you what, what even bodes you know, worse for you is what happened in Las Vegas last night in the congressional race there uh, that was going on. And that was between, uh, let's see, Vila and uh, 
another where did I put my piece of paper? I got it sitting down here. There it is. I had I had to pull it out anyway. The lady that won down there, uh, Titus, won eighty five percent. The lady that was running against us, the, the, the lady who was the uh, congressperson there, who that the left was saying was holding things up. She wasn't doing enough to move the leftist agenda forward. Uh, her name was uh, Vilila, and then it was uh, Dinah Titus was the lady they were trying to unseat. And this was a uh, uh, a candidate. For the left, Amy Vila, uh, for Bernie Sanders, he was behind her. After votes were tabulated, Titus won with 84, wow, 84.3% of the vote. And this uh, big-time progressive only got 15, a little over 15% of the vote. 15% of the vote. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about uh, Pat Davis talking about getting your health insurance. Save some money. You know, uh, the uh, price of uh, Obamacare is supposed to go up. Democrats are trying to figure out a way not to do that because the last thing you want to do is for your health care insurance going up if you're on the government program. They don't need any more bad news to give to you. Uh, but it does look like it's going to happen. Now, you can forestall that by just getting a hold of Pat Davis. And Pat Davis will save you 30 to 50 percent on your health insurance. doesn't matter what plan you have. He can work with whatever plan that you're under. He can get rid of the co-pays. He can get rid of a lot of those big deductibles, and he can save you money. What you need to do is to do some action of dialing and getting a hold of him and talking to him at 501-605-6935 or visit him online, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, old friend of mine joins me today. I'm, I don't know. He's going to get upset with me because I said old. He's not old, all right? But we got Grover Norquist on today, Americans for Tax Reform. Grover, uh, the consumer price index, 8.6% is what they said. I tried to explain the history about this to my listeners that back in the 80s uh, or the 70s uh, with Carter, they changed the way they were doing the consumer price index and they pulled some things out, which made it the, the interest rate look better than what it was. Now, Barron's evidently put it out and they said it is an astonishing 17 percent is what we've seen. So I'm, I'm going to just give it to you. you got the figures. You go, bud. Well, there are different ways to measure it. You can measure consumer products. You can include energy and food or not. Um, people have different theories on what measures base inflation. That doesn't really matter. It doesn't count energy as base inflation when energy prices have gone up so much. It's really the direction you should be looking at and uh, how quickly inflation is going up. The producer price index, which is a measure of the things that go into making consumer prices. Right. So when the producer costs go up, like steel and inputs into making things, uh, that means that the consumer prices will be going up afterwards. And frankly, the producer price index and the various measures that measure inputs uh, have been going up faster now 
than consumer prices, which suggests that uh, unlike what the Obama, not Obama, how about Biden, the Biden administration said they believed was happening. This was transitory um, and that it would be over by December, last December, by the way, about several months ago. Uh, this is not going away. And right now it's getting worse. Now, the government's going to help us by slowing the economy down and throwing interest rates up so we can have a recession and inflation, as Jimmy Carter did. Uh, the challenge is that there isn't anything that Biden wants to do that would make things better. No. Uh, this inflation came about because of things Biden did. He made this happen. This is not something, this is not Putin uh, raising our prices eight months before he invaded Ukraine. Uh which is one of the more pathetic arguments by uh, Biden as to what this was all about. Or my favorite, that businessmen were not greedy when Trump was president because inflation was 1.7% last year, the Trump administration. But all of a sudden, all the businessmen became greedy and wanted to make more money when Biden became president. And that's what caused inflation, greedy businessmen. Um, this, I don't know what, why he thinks you should say these things. Um, on the other hand, what would you have him say? I'm sorry, I screwed up. I spent $2 trillion that didn't help the economy, that didn't get more people in, uh, uh, hired, that, that, that frankly encouraged people not to go to work. There are 11 million open jobs because people go, I still got, in fact, welfare checks coming through. I'm still living off of and I have money saved from checks from the government. Mm-hmm. Why would I go to work yet until that goes down? They've been, they've made the world a worse place. They've made American workers poor when you have eight plus percent inflation and average wage going up five and a half percent after the last year the average worker is has a lower income than he did when biden came in a lower income and if you had a thousand dollars in the bank it's now worth about nine hundred dollars uh in terms of purchasing power uh without inflation so he's made people's life savings go down if you've been saving in a 401k or an IRA, you know it's gone way down. If you're trying to put your kids through school or maybe retire with a 401k and IRA with, with savings, uh, defined contribution pension plan, you are poorer than you were the day Biden walked into office. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, your paycheck is worth less than what it can buy today than when Biden walked into office. And it is getting worse. But inflation is the rate of how much you're losing the value. So let's say it's steady. That's just 8.6. And next month it's 8.6. 8.6 is bad. Yeah. Um, Inflation is a rate of change. We we sometimes measure whether inflation is going up, right? Is it getting worse faster? Well, inflation at 8.6% is getting worse. Now, that's not 10%. Maybe you don't go to 10%, although these guys appear to be on track to do that. And the only saving grace is that when Jimmy Carter did this, we got Ronald Reagan. Absolutely. It took a Jimmy Carter to get Ronald Reagan, and we can only keep our fingers crossed that that's what happens. I can tell you right now, November is going to be a huge bloodbath for the Democrats. I mean, when you've got a, a ninety, almost a 90% Hispanic district in Texas uh, doing a 21-point swing. Don't overstate. It was only 85%. Okay, 85%. <laughs> Bottom line. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, bottom yeah. line. All right. The the Hispanic vote started moving during the the Trump era and now it is accelerated and this is this bodes well uh for us in the uh, November elections. But we've got a president doesn't get what's going on. I mean, 
in more ways than one. But, I mean, yesterday in front of the AFL-CIO, and people say, well, you know, he sounded pretty good yesterday. He always sounds good in front of uh, a pro-union group. He's gotten – he's sold out to them years ago. When he cried out yesterday – uh, I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. I think we're going to see that a lot in campaign ads over the next two years. We're changing people's lives. You better believe it. $5 a gallon gas? Yeah, you're changing people's lives, but it's not for the better. I don't know where he got that statement, but I am looking at a French Socialist Party uh, poster from the 1980s. Uh, one campaign, Ensemble Changer la Vie. Together we will change life. Socialists do that. <laughs> they don't make it better. He's stealing a slogan from the Socialist Party of France. Well, Obama did it. We're going to, you know, he said that he was going to change America. That's what he said, and he did a lot of it. Now we've got another guy that's doing exactly the same thing, and we've got to put an end to this. And I'm hoping uh, that Americans' voters and America's uh, uh, citizens will understand socialism does not work. Well, one of the things that helps with the Hispanic vote, and it's, it's kind of silly to have an Hispanic vote because they're Mexican-Americans and Cuban-Americans and yes. Central-Americans, and they're from all different places, um, and they have different experiences. But the more recent uh, immigration from Latin America is when places like Venezuela, once a wealthy, stable country destroyed by socialism, uh, you're looking at Nicaragua with, with similar uh, challenges, now giving the Russians, you know, basing rights. Uh, but the, the, when they hear idiot, you know, kids at Harvard and Yale go, oh, I'm a socialist, and, and the kids don't know what they're talking about, right? They, they have no idea the history of the National Socialists in Germany or the Soviet Socialists in Russia. They kind of know that the Chinese are socialists and communists, maybe, but I'm not even sure that's true. Um, but people from Latin America know exactly what socialism is, what, how many people Cuba murdered, the, the oppression in Venezuela. And it's not just poverty and, and, and making the world poor, which socialism does. Uh, but it's also, in order to stay in power, you need to have a lot of guns in the hands of the government. And That's right. The, the people, if you're going to govern that way. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, socialism com- comes home to roost when you sit at, down at the kitchen table and you're eating your pet dog so that you don't starve. Well, they're now trying to get us ready for potential blackouts, uh, brownouts, blackouts, because they've been shutting down coal plants and not replacing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what they are trying to build is uh, solar panels, which, when the sun shines, can produce energy. It's not cost-effective. It's more expensive than um, you know normal uh, fuels uh, and the same thing with wind but again wind only works when the wind's blowing so these are inter- intermittent you always need a base uh, amount of energy even if you wanted to shift over somewhat uh, right now in the world about three percent of energy is wind and solar um, and that's not going to displace uh, real energy but the democrats plan and this is they say this out loud they're going to make real energy so expensive but natural gas, gasoline, oil for your car, uh, heating oil, uh, coal, nuclear, like that's so expensive that when they shift over to the 
less productive, less efficient, much more expensive solar and, and, and wind, you won't notice because you already took this hit on. So they want us used to this as a new normal. Mm-hmm. The Trump idea of producing more energy uh, and making America energy dominant, which I thought was kind of an odd slogan, but when you look at the importance of energy, it, we were strong enough to send natural gas to Europe so they wouldn't be scared of the Russians. They could be tougher on something like Ukraine, and the Russians were betting they wouldn't be. I'm surprised they're as tough as they as they were. And we don't know how long they'll keep it up because we're not in a position to not give them natural gas, sell it to them, sell it to them. Um, and, uh, but we can't do that because Biden has so damaged the American economy by cutting off pipelines for energy in, not letting people do more exploration, not getting permits them on a time. Uh, you know, they announced, oh, we, we said you could do that. But we haven't given you the permit for it. Well, that's not the same thing. Yeah, I agree. Grover Norquist is our guest. Americans for Tax Reform is his group. Uh, what's the uh, What's the website again, Grover? Uh, H-E-R, dot org. Uh, I tweet at Grover Norquist. Uh, and we have the list of everybody who signed the Taxpayer Protection Pledge uh, on the website. Um, it's a very, very helpful list of everybody who... Um, uh, everybody from the great state of Arkansas has signed the pledge, all the uh, Republican congressmen and senators. Absolutely. Uh, but you can also check to see if your state legislators have signed the pledge. And it's just a commitment to the voters of Arkansas uh, that when a, tax, when a tax increase is proposed, I will vote against it. Meaning, I'm going to reform government to cost less, not raise taxes. Sounds great. Stay with me. I got to take a quick break. I'll come back. I got one more question for you here this morning on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll continue our conversation with Grover here in just a moment. Don't forget about David Lucas. David Lucas wants to teach you how to buy silver and gold. Uh, We talked about this just last week that uh, in your, uh, you know, feather bed, so to speak, your nest egg, you should have about 15 percent in precious metals right now. But how do you buy those precious metals? Uh, how do you go about attaining those precious metals? That's where David Lucas Financial can help you out. You give them a call, all right? Just punch in these numbers, 501-222-3315, 501-222-3315, and you'll be able to learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets, your IRA, your 401k, all that hard-earned savings that you've put together and you want to be able to retire on. Uh, they work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country so you can get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. Do it with David Lucas Financial, 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, back with you, Grover Norquist, our special guest. Uh, One more question for him. Grover, it looks like to me that the Republicans are going to gain control again uh, in the House. I do believe that we will gain control of the Senate. And if we get both houses, we can't go in and get the White House yet because we got to wait another two years. But the question is a simple one. What does the party, what do we have to do? Uh, if we take back part, uh, power in both houses to let the American people know that we're serious about getting back to uh, some semblance of normal in this country. Well, here's the good news. We've done it twice before. We've made some mistakes. We've done things well. We can learn from that. 
Uh, two years into Clinton, after he taxed, spent, and threatened the Second Amendment, he lost the House and Senate. The Republicans held it for six years, the last six years of Clinton's presidency, during which they forced him to sign a cut in the capital gains tax, which actually Clinton didn't object to. So that was uh, easier than it would be today. Uh, we also got welfare reform passed, which Clinton said he was for, but obviously had done nothing on it until the Republicans took over the House and Senate. And we stopped all his spending. We ended up balancing the budget. Why? Because uh, as revenue grew with the economy, we didn't allow spending to grow faster. So we actually balanced the budget, uh, not by cutting, but by not increasing spending rapidly. Uh, in the, after two years of Obama, uh, he lost the House and then later lost the Senate. And the Republicans were able to say, you want a debt ceiling increase? You have to take you got $2 trillion in debt ceiling increase. You have to take $2 trillion out of the spending over the next 10 years. Not easy to do, but we did get that. We did get that. That was out of his plans. It wasn't a cut of $2 trillion from what we were spending yesterday. But without that Republican majority, they were planning over the next decade to spend an additional $2 trillion deficit spending from what they had. What we need to do is be completely united. You can't have little groups of 10 and 20 people saying, I'm going to stand in the corner and hold my breath until I turn blue, until the president signs some bill he's never going to sign. Right. We lost the ability to, to go after o- Obamacare. This was even with Trump as president. because had 30 or 40 people said, we want you to do this also, which was not legal given the rules on uh, reconciliation. You can't change the law, just budgets. And we spent several months get messing around with that because 30 people said, I want the perfect, even if it's not legal and it can't be done, and I'm going to blame you. And that went on for months while the left spent millions advertising. And frankly, we couldn't hold the Senate votes. They were planning to vote the day after we were going to pass it, but some of the House members decided they were cleverer than leadership and they were going to imagine a legal thing that wasn't legal. And they crashed and burned. They screwed the whole thing up. We have Obamacare because conservatives in the House didn't want to get rid of all of the taxes and all of the spending. Mm-hmm. But we can't yet get rid of some of the laws. No, you can't to start with. That's just what the law was. And we don't have the presidency. So we won't have the presidency. And anybody gets up and say, I'm going to make the president do this. They're off their rocker. It, it just, the Democrat Congresses can't make a Republican president do things they don't want to do. They can make life difficult for them in certain ways, but you you can't roll a president on everything. We just have to understand there's a lot we can do. There's some things we can't. And if we get stuck whining about the things we can't do instead of doing the things we can, we had real missed opportunities in the Obama years because of that. Okay, so I'm hearing them say that they're thinking about having another contract with America. I think that's a good thing. It helps people hang their hat on it. Uh, it is, and uh, the Senate will have a series of things. What, what the contract with America did was with a list of laws that had been written down. These are not ideas. These were actual laws written down, which the Democrats refused to allow a vote on in the House. And the Republican commitment, remember, was just, we will have a vote on this thing. We will put it on the floor and we'll have a vote. Didn't promise it would pass, because you don't know that, right? But And some Republicans didn't like this piece of it or that piece of it. Do I won't vote for that? Okay. But you will vote to put it on the floor. Yes. And in point of fact, we passed 70%, even through the Senate and the presidential signature, we passed 70% of what we wanted to, said we were, wanted to do. Well, we did 100% of what we wanted to do. We had votes on everything. But we went and passed it 
in 70% of the cases, which was huge. Uh, I think that helps focus uh, what we can do if we run on an agenda. And there's several, this, this will be coming out through the Republican leadership in the House and the Senate. There have been some efforts. Rick Scott had some really good ideas, but there were a couple of clunker ideas in the middle of it that the Democrats tend to focus on. He's rewritten that. His tax plan now is very, very good. Rick Scott, former governor of Florida, from Florida, hero on taxes, whoever the intern who wrote the tax section missed it. But that's been clarified, and he's very clear there's going to be no tax increases ever, ever, ever uh, in a Republican House and Senate. And he's got some very good tax cuts uh, that he's proposing, starting with making the Trump tax cuts permanent. Grover, it's always a pleasure. I'm going to be uh, in Washington again back in next, uh, coming up in September for Hold Your Feet to the Fire. Maybe we can get you over there. You can sit down and talk with me then again. We'd love to. Come to the Wednesday meeting. We put 100 uh, conservatives together. Yeah, I love them. Wednesday. I've been yeah. at, I've been to those before. That's a that's a great place for ideas to get exchanged. We appreciate you. Thank you so much, Grover. We'll talk to you soon down the road. Grover Norquist here it. on the Dave Ellswick Show. Coming up, it's going to be Congressman uh, French Hill. He'll talk with us. Then we're going to talk with uh, Congressman Westerman. He'll have a special guest congressman with him, and we'll talk about the border specifically as we continue this morning with the Dave Ellswick Show. Looking for a high of 95 degrees. Going to feel like it's 102 degrees if you're out in the sun. Just know it's going to be a hot one, so make sure you keep yourself hydrated. Back in a few moments. The Dave Ellswick Show, 7 o'clock hour. It's going to be hot today. 95 degrees. Going to feel like 102 if you're outside. If you get in the shade, it'll just feel like it's 95. A little less humidity around the area, but it's still going to feel hot. Make sure that uh, you keep yourself hydrated. That's the big thing. Um, someone was walking down Highway 5 yesterday, and Cabot passed out. Luckily, a motorist saw him 
go down, stopped, uh, called the police, and they uh, got an ambulance out to them and uh, were able to uh, take care of them. So you got to be careful of this. Uh, you've got to make sure you stay hydrated. Uh, don't go out during the hottest part of the day and decide to edge your, your lawn or something like that. Do it in the morning. Do it in the uh, early evening when temperatures are going down a little bit. And, I mean, look, sun's out until like 830 at night right now. I mean, you can get out there at probably, you know, 8 o'clock, 730, 7 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, it's not going to be cool. It's not like somebody will turn the air conditioner on for you. But at least it will not be as dangerous for you to hit the uh, hit uh, the tools to do your lawn and things of that nature. So keep that in mind today. It's going to get hotter uh, over the next few days. I know that they're saying on uh, Saturday or Sunday for Father's Day, we're looking at about 97 degrees. And middle of next week, looks like Century Park, uh, Mark is firmly uh, in the... Uh, you know, the cross here. So uh, we'll talk about uh, that when we get there, okay? As you know, the weather can change in Arkansas on a moment's notice. So we'll just let you know it's going to be hot today. All right, uh, we're waiting for Congressman Hill to give us a call. Uh, we're going to talk to him today uh, between uh, 7 and 7.30, as we always do. Got a couple of questions for him. A story just breaking that I had not seen and uh, wanted to talk about. And this is a uh, a new bill uh, that is uh, being pushed uh, by uh, Senators uh, Rubio and Senator Cotton. Uh, of course, Senator Cotton made news yesterday. I don't know if you saw this or not. I was watching uh, John Roberts yesterday uh, interview with Senator Cotton and asked him about uh, uh, if he was going to run for president. And uh, Cotton didn't deny it. And it, it sounded a whole lot like he was saying, yeah, mm, probably we're, we're testing the waters about that. So, like, you know, we'll keep our eye on that as we go along. But Republican members of Congress are introducing this new legislation to bar foreign nationals and entities from obtaining government records under the Freedom of Information Act. Uh, the bill's sponsors say it would prevent potentially adversarial foreign actors from accessing sensitive government records. FOIA lawyers are writing it off as a solution in search of a problem. Uh, the bill is set to be introduced uh, this week by Senators Marco Rubio and Tom Cotton, and it would restrict FOIA requests to American citizens, permanent residents, companies headquartered in the U.S., and other limited categories such as migrants seeking copies of their federal immigration files. And uh, we'll talk about that uh, here uh, in the coming days as this piece of legislation gets out there and uh, they start considering it. And we'll talk to, of course, our FOIA uh, man of the hour, and that's Robert Steinbach. He's the man who knows everything there is to know about the Arkansas FOIA, and I'm sure he knows about the federal FOIA law. And we'll have him on, and he can talk about this. I'll see. Maybe we can get him on tomorrow uh, to get on, get on this. I see that... Uh, Congressman Hill 
has joined us uh, from Washington, D.C. Good to have you along with us, Congressman. Uh, Yesterday, the president gave us the best ad that we could have for this election when he looked at the AFL-CIO and said, we're changing people's lives. (laughs) Yeah, for the worse. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, he's changing people's lives. He's uh, hurting their jobs by opening the border and having over 2 million people flood into our country that we don't know where they are, what they're doing, what jobs they're taking. He's uh, really helped their lives by costing them $5,000 more per year in the things that we buy every day at the grocery store, at the gas station, at the pharmacy, which when you're uh, making $40,000 a year, make another $5,000 of expenses because of Biden's inflation is not helping anybody or helping anybody have a better life. Uh, and the list goes on and on when you look at Democrats' efforts to defund the police in many, many states and no bail and nobody has to serve jail time and soaring crime and violence across our country. So, yeah, it's going great for Uncle Joe. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that he actually said that. I mean, I'm tired of people talking about my, quote, reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. If I was running this year, I can tell you what, that'd be one of my major commercials and why you should vote for me, because I would not vote for anything this man's trying to do. I think the only newspaper subscriptions he gets is the New York Times, but the date is 1933. I mean, I think he's uh, just, he lives in an alternate universe that no one I I deal with from Heber Springs to South Pulaski County is connected with. I don't know what what he's being told every day. Well, let's talk a little bit. I had Grover Norquist on last half hour. Grover's a good friend of mine and came yep. on to, to talk about taxes, and he made the statement, and we heard this from the president, in fact, and we've heard it from Obama as well. I mean, this goes back now. You're looking, what, four, eight, um, 12 years, I guess. Obama said he was going to fundamentally change America, and then you get to, to uh, uh, President uh, Biden, and he said that he was going to have a war on fossil fuels, and we were going to get away from fossil fuels, and he's going to destroy the oil industry. Obama was going to destroy the coal industry. And, uh, you know, Grover said what they're doing is they're going to try to get Americans so used to these high prices that when they move to, you know, solar and and wind completely, uh, that uh, with the prices that that costs, it won't seem like a big jump because we'll already have been paying big prices. Yeah, well, there's no doubt that um, in meetings down at the White House, uh, they're delighted that oil prices are this high because they want you to uh, – switch to uh, the salesman who knocks on your door and wants you to put solar panels up on your roof, which, by the way, the only reason that works economically is you're selling it back to APNL, Arkansas Power and Light Energy, at a retail price, which isn't right economically at all. And that's going to create a future grid problem as more and more people have an electric vehicle. And so you've got all these issues uh, that I think will hurt the electrical distribution and reliability system. And guess what? Who produces the electricity? Yeah. What do you do? This is the irony in this situation, you know, is where's that electricity coming from? Fortunately, in Arkansas, we have two nuclear plants. So 19% or so of our power comes from nuclear. I wish it was a much bigger number across the United States. 
And we've hit all of our great climate goals that people want to have because we've shifted over the years from uh, coal to a very cheap, very clean natural gas. But why? Why? Is it because there was a government mandate? No, it was because natural gas technology in fracking, drilling, uh, piping, storing, uh, (laughs) we had a revolution. We ran out of gas in 1992. We said, oh, we'll never have any natural gas again. We're going to be dependent on coal. It was just the reverse. And then technology allowed us to have this amazing fuel called natural gas. Yeah, you you rem- you remember when they were telling us the 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 age of oil was over. Yeah, and um, so technology, innovation, American uh, private sector entrepreneurs are what's created the clean energy revolution in the United States as it relates to natural gas, which in fact is a an amazing. Uh, transition there and we've helped other countries Uh, we cut our trade deficit in south korea under president trump in half how because he exported liquefied natural gas what did south korea get lower climate concerns cleaner air uh and they got a better relationship with the u.s and a diverse energy source so this is what we could be doing for europe I think it's interesting that there's going to be some big hoodoo going on uh, next week. Uh, a group is going to have a, with NPR, is going to have a major production about how all this really, you know, incredible tough weather that we've had with all the rain and times and tornadoes and stuff, that uh, this is the uh, results of climate change, which scientists have said, no, it's not. I mean, they look at the hurricanes and said, that's not because climate change. And yet they know that people see that and they can be easily persuaded. And it looks like they're going to try to do it. Yeah, this is something we debate in the House. I mean, I've been doing this for seven years, pushing back. You know, we get we're told by Dr. Fauci, follow the science. Okay, well, let's do that on this topic, too. And when you look at the data from NOAA, that's just not true. Uh, You know, I also think the arrogance of of uh, humans to think that they, you know, quote, control the atmospherics of the entire Earth. U.S. planet is, I mean, the whole earth, earthly planet is just uh, mind-boggling arrogance to me. But in any event, yes, pushing back on that is something that we do full-time here. I'm leaving your call here in a few minutes and going to a meeting on that exact subject about how do we communicate with people on this topic, about what's the right way to uh, talk about energy, energy security, and uh, and it's just very frustrating to me because we don't get any help from corporate America. Uh, they just are coward in this domain. It's a fad. It is a fad that is sweeping the country, and, and this meeting coming up is to try to change that fad aspect and bring facts instead of fad to the table. Amazing. Uh, we're talking with Congressman Hill. We're going to come back and finish up our conversation here in just a moment. i got to get a break in. It's 18 minutes after 7. Our time, 18 after 8, where he's at. We'll come back with him in just a moment. I need to remind you about PI Roofing. PI Roofing, take good care of your roof. Now's the time to do it. Look, we're going to be dry according to the weather for the next two weeks, and it's going to be hot, hot, hot. 
All right. So now's the time when it's as dry as it is to get PI roofing out, get them up on your roof, let them look at it, make sure, do some preventive maintenance. Make sure the next time that the rainstorms come, because they will come, that uh, you're not going to have a leak. You give them a call, 501-707-3551. It's the only people that ever walked on my roof at my house in 18 years. PI Roofing. Meet them at piroofing.com. All right, we continue with uh, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's talk about guns for just a moment, Congressman. Uh, that was really crazy what they're trying to do over in the House side. It was a, a party line vote, basically. I guess they got a few uh, Republicans to be swayed to it. But there, there's something that goes on in this country that worries me, and, and that is we got to do something. we got to do something. Well, you know, maybe what we got to do is lock up the people that are doing these crimes. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that the truth? I mean, again, we were talking about fads a few minutes ago as it relates to climate, where logical people, smart people, check their knowledge and their logic just at the at the door. They don't bring it into the room with them. They don't bring it into this problem with them either. And uh, precisely in the Pelosi issue is all about true taking guns away from law-abiding people uh, with no justification, no rationale, no due process, no plan whatsoever. That was uh, the direction that she took, and that's why she didn't get any support, major support at all from Republican members. She made no effort, Dave, to look for any common ground on school safety, on uh, mental uh, health issues, on improving and uh, making the background check more robust, on finding any common ground on this issue. This was just literally a uh, check-the-box exercise for her. And that's why Republicans were opposed to it. And, you know, you've got to protect people's Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens, their due process rights, and be focused on mental health for people who are disturbed, who already it's illegal for them to have a firearm if they have certain, uh, you know, problems. And we, we just don't enforce even the rules that we have, frankly, in many, many of these state jurisdictions. Yeah, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. But then it worries me when I see him over in the Senate now, and they try to they try to pull it back. But one of the very first things they say is, "Hey, we'll send federal money to the states to get red flag laws." Hey, guess what? We don't want your federal money because it always has strings attached. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's why this issue is. Uh concerning because we don't know any details about what that senate framework is whatsoever and while every state has a terroristic threatening law arkansas has one it's all about the details on how you protect people's privacy due process rights uh while you're also trying to maximize you know public safety if someone is threatening to blow a building up or drive a truck through a parade or uh do something else crazy like you know, go to a mall or a school and shoot people. So it's every time you get into a situation like this, it's about devils in the details. Yeah, bottom line, got to do something. I hate that phrase. Got to do something. Yep. The other right. one, and the other the other term I'm getting tired of hearing, responsible gun ownership. Mm-hmm. Well, look, this all gets down to uh, 
you know, 99.999% of people who own firearms own them for self-protection and hunting and collecting, and it's all uh, normal. And so we should be focused on the people who are violating the law, violating criminal statutes, hurting other people, instead of focusing on all the other people who are just living their lives and have their right to uh, possess uh, a firearm and use it for their self-protection or their uh, hobby as they see fit. And I, I hear you 100%. But this is, again, what I talk about using fad-type language instead of looking at facts and logic about what the real issue is. Absolutely. When we ignore, when we were, when we ignore behavioral health and troubled uh, people who need true help in this process, um, you know, and, and then as you and I've talked about, just the fact that our society doesn't value life anymore. Nope. How, how do you deal with that cultural issue? How do you deal with the fact that uh, some parent who knows their child is in trouble, you know, facilitates what's happening? I mean, that could be the case in any horrible situation. So, look, this is a complicated topic, and it's not going to be uh, fixed or dealt with by slogans. All right. Last question for you. And, and I asked Grover this, so I'm going to ask you it as well. You guys are going to take over the House again. There is no doubt in my mind. We we saw last night during the primaries, we saw a Hispanic district that uh, Biden won by 13 points, get lost by eight points. That's a 21 point swing. That's huge. And you guys are going to get control. I think we'll get control of the Senate. If that happens, what are you guys ready to do to get the country back on track again? Well, first and foremost, uh, we need to use, in my opinion, budget reconciliation, if we have both the House and the Senate, go back to pre-pandemic spending priorities, get our spending house cleaned up, uh, uh, remove all these Biden spend new spending programs for social spending purposes and, and just spending with no rules. And we could talk a whole show about how they took an idea in the pandemic and put it on steroids in their American Rescue Plan, where there's no accountability, no responsibility. So spending's number one. Number two, I think we ought to make the uh, the Trump tax cuts permanent using budget reconciliation. I think we ought to use the Congressional Review Act to repeal uh, costly regulations that the Biden administration has put in place in the last uh, two years. There's a time clock on that. And then we ought to conduct robust oversight on uh, the Biden administration and their mistakes on the southwest border mm-hmm. and put pressure on them to go back to Trump policies that were working on the border. Those, I mean, there's a long list, but those are things that jump to mind immediately. All right. We'll let you go. Get to work. All the best. All Thanks, right. We'll baby. talk to you later. Okay. Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're going to talk with Congressman Bruce Westerman when we come back. You know, Congressman just mentioned the border. We're going to talk about it specifically. Congressman Gonzalez was is going to join Congressman Westerman uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And we'll get a first, you know, basically an eye view of what's happening down there. It's out of control. All right. It's, if you've been following it, it's really out of control now. Not just with the you know, illegals coming in, but all of the drugs that are coming in, the fentanyl and the cocaine and everything else and the, the meth that's uh, in, you know, being dumped in this country. And it's, been, it's being done by, in many cases, foreign 
actors. We'll talk about that as well when we get back after the news. News is next with Bill O'Reilly here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, just a moment. We're going to get with Congressman Westerman and Congressman Gonzalez from Texas here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're going to talk about the border and things are going from worse to even more worse down on the border. We're going to talk about that in just a second. I need to remind you about ICU protection. I've got ICU protection. I highly recommend it for you. You'll pay for the service. You will not pay for the hardware. The hardware becomes yours as soon as they put it in. And all you have to do, <coughs> excuse me, is uh, pay for the service. Uh, get the door and window sensors. Get the cameras. Get everything you need so that you feel totally secure in your own home. Billy Mack can take good care of you. All you have to do, call them at 501-205-1333. That's 501-205-1333. And they'll be right out to your house, and they'll talk to you. You'll decide how you want to secure your home with their products, and they'll put the products in. won't cost you anything. And all you pay is for the service. That is ICU protection. By the way, remember, these are the guys that do the protection for Nuke One. If they can protect the nuclear reactor, I know they can protect my three-bedroom home. All right, back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Congressman uh, Westerman is here. And, uh, Bruce, thanks for calling in today. You brought a guest with you. Yeah, Dave, it's always great to be with you, and i got a great member of Congress, a, a friend from down in uh, west and southwest Texas, uh, Tony Gonzalez. He's a, uh, he's a wonderful member. When we won that, uh, or when I was elected, a guy named Will Hurd won the seat, and uh, Will decided not to run, and people were saying, well, nobody else can win it. Well, Tony, Tony went in and just dominated down there, and he's a real contributor to uh, – to Congress, I'm I'm glad he decided to join us today. And uh, you know, Tony's a representative for the the city of Valde, so I know we talked about that last week. And I asked Tony if he would come on, and and here he is. Well, yeah, I'm glad to have him with us. It always pays to have someone who represents an area along the border uh, that's dealing with this craziness that's coming out of this administration. And you know, Congressman, talk to us a little bit about. It. I'm hearing things are going for from worse to you know even more worse down on the border now yeah no thanks dave for having me and, and thank you bruce for inviting me on on the show and uh yeah no you know i represent 42 percent of the southern border and just when you think things can't get any lower they do and matter of fact you know after the uvalde uh incident secretary mayorkas uh I mean, he doesn't even reach out to me anymore, but I had found out that he was going to be visiting the district, and I, I told him not to because every time Secretary Mayorkas visits the district, it somehow gets worse. So, you know, unless he's going to fin- uh, try to work on, on securing the border, I, I wanted him no, nowhere near my district. Uh, sadly, things continue to get spiral out of control. Yeah, I'm hearing that at nighttime, Border Patrol are rounding up groups of three and 400 people. Is that true? You know what? I had a call. It is. You know, I had a call yesterday, uh, and this is just one of the sectors. I, uh, you know, there's there's quite a few different sectors, but the Del Rio, Del Rio sector has gotten in the news quite a bit. That was where all those Haitians were under the bridge uh, last August. Well, that sector alone is getting over 1,100 
uh, illegal aliens a day, a day. You know, I know we see these these big caravans that make their way down. Those caravans are usually for show. They're trying to get visas from Mexico. Really, there's a caravan that's coming over in the United States every single day, and this administration encourages them to do that. So it, it's a wrong approach. What, what kills me is there. This administration is the most deadliest administration in our history. Migrants are dying horrific deaths at historic numbers, and they simply don't care. It's amazing. I know that there was a story that broke yesterday that a lot of unaccompanied minors are coming across. I I heard one group of like a hundred and something, it was like 165 minors, and we're talking about kids that are as young as four years old, no adults at all, and they're just being sent into the United States. You know, it's completely heartbreaking, and part of it, I mean, these are these are children, regardless of their legal status. I mean, they're, they're innocent children, and, uh, you know, in some cases, their, their parents will travel with them, and then they will basically turn them over at the very end to a coyote to smuggle them over, and then they'll meet up with them uh, after they get processed through HHS and sent you know, sent to their, their final destination, right? A lot of times that's what's happening. But in other cases, I mean, look, just in El Paso, also in my district, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, didn't get a lot of attention, but there was this, uh, there was this house that uh, the FBI raided, and there was over 70, uh, 70 children that mm. were being, that had been trafficked. So, I mean, this is absolutely horrendous. You know, uh, and this administration completely turned a blind eye. You don't see any Democrats get up and shed one tear for the amount of carnage that is happening along the border or these innocent innocent people that are getting exploited every step of the way. Well, I tell you, the thing that bothers me the most about this is the drugs bother me. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big supporter of drugs in any way, shape, or form, and we don't want to see fentanyl and everything else that's coming across, but the human trafficking, the sex trafficking that's coming across the border, border that is just so immoral and so terrible, and uh, uh, the American people don't want to see this, and they want it stopped. No, that's, that's exactly right, and you know, Bruce Westerman has been a leader on this. He's been advocating up here in Congress, has been pushing uh, pushing a lot of our members to, to bring light to what is happening, and, and, and it has to stop. And, and look, you, do we have vacancies in, in, in our workforce? Yes. And if people want to come over and, and work, there's opportunities. But they have to do it through the front door, right? There has to be a process for that. Coming through the back door illegally is the wrong approach, and we absolutely, everyone should be against that in any form or fashion. I represent a district that's over 70% Hispanic, and I'll tell you, in my district, we don't want illegal immigration. We don't want chaos. We're law-abiding uh, citizens. We believe in rule of law, and, and this administration doesn't get that. Look, there was just a race, Texas 34. We flipped a seat from Democrat to Republican that hadn't flipped, that hadn't been Republican in over 100 years. So it's growing. I'm telling politically, the administration and this White House, they're going to or this uh, this uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi up here in the House. They're going to get they're going to get crushed come November. Yeah, I I agree with that. And and Bruce, I want to bring you into the discussion as well. I'm thinking that uh, Congressman Gonzalez is talking about uh, Myra Flores winning her race uh, last night uh, and. Think about that district. It went 13 points 
for Biden just about uh, a little over a year ago, and she won it by eight. That's a swing of 21 points, gentlemen. That does not bode well for Democrats. Would you agree, Bruce? Absolutely. And Tony and I were in a conference meeting yesterday morning, a political conference, where we went over some uh, new poll numbers. We've never seen anything like it ever. And uh, it doesn't mean we can take our foot off the gas. We've got to work hard and win as large a majority as we can. But the generic ballot... Uh, approval ratings, all of that are leaning very far into uh, our favor. And it's, uh, you know, sadly, it's because this administration and Nancy Pelosi and her colleagues are doing it. And they, uh, I've told you over and over, Dave, the opposite of the Midas touch is the Biden touch. Everything he touches uh, turns into you know what, and Pelosi's right there helping him with it. Well, I tell you what, he gave up. He gave us one of the greatest political ads ever yesterday at the AFL-CIO when he said he was tired of hearing people talk about his reckless spending, and he was changing lives in America. You well, you damn well better believe it. Five gallon gas to change your life real quick uh, when you got to get to work. Expensive food and gas, and you know the the irony in all of this is that. They claim to be for low-income and fixed-income people. That's who they're fighting for. Uh-huh. Those are the people they're hurting the worst. Yep. Low, low, middle-income, fixed-income. It hits them harder than anybody else when you have increasing inflation, high fuel prices, high, uh, high food prices, and and that's what I'm hearing when I'm out in my district. Congressman Gonzalez, I'm going to let you go, but let me just ask you one last thing. If you had a final word that you want to give to the people here in Arkansas, what would it be? I would I would say uh, keep keep being vocal. Uh, let's not be quiet. Let's not just uh, hope it goes away. Like let's be vocal. Let's be engaged, and, uh, and and let's turn this thing around. You know, Myra Flores in Texas 34. Her platform was God, family, and country. Yeah. I mean, and this is it was a very conservative platform. Her her husband is a border patrol agent. It was about securing the border. Her district is 85% Hispanic. I mean, this is no longer, I mean, race has nothing to do with anything in America. This is about, I mean, do you love this country or do you not? And and the Republican Party, we have an opportunity here. As long as we can all stay engaged and, and involved, I think, Dave, I think we have an opportunity to really, as bad as things have gotten, maybe it, maybe that needed to happen. So that way we can just get rid of Pelosi once and for all and really turn this country around. So I would say, you know, to, to echo Bruce's point, I mean, the same here in Texas. You know, we're tired of paying five dollars for gasoline. You know, we're tired of this open border. We're tired of all this this chaos. So I would say everyone just stay engaged and uh, and let's uh, let's take this country back. I got a sign that hangs up that everybody can see on my Facebook when I'm on live. It says chaos coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. We are we are working hard to try to get people to understand what's going on and that we can make it a dramatic change come November. And we want to thank you for your time today. Uh, Bruce, you hang around. We want to talk to you. I got to get a break in. Let's go do that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Going to find out what's going on with the Travs. Ten minutes till eight. We've still got Congressman Bruce Westerman on with us. Let me thank you, Bruce, for having uh, Tony Gonzalez on. It's always good to hear from the congressman that their district, he, what did he say, 70% of the border he's on? 
I think he said 42% of 42%. The that's, that's the whole whole southern border. He's got 72% of it. And wow. You can tell Tony's a great guy. He's a, a veteran. And uh, just he loves America. He loves his constituents. And he comes up here and works hard every day. So I was, I was glad that uh, your listeners got a chance to hear from him. Yeah, he was great. It was really good to hear what he had to say. And uh, it's good to have you back on with us today. Uh Look, the uh, the Democrats pushed through a, a, a ridiculous gun proposal with Nancy Pelosi and the and the R and, and you know AOC and all the rest of the nuts jobs over there. Uh, that didn't have that didn't have a chance in in you know Hades getting through the Senate or anything. So it was all just showing you know smoke and mirrors. Yeah, and I think they knew that. They saw a headline. They had a thought they had a chance to score some points with their base and try to make us look bad. So they teed that bill up, and uh, they knew how it was going to go, that Republicans were going to come down and speak against it. And, you know, they're trying to twist that for the uh, for the election, but I don't think that's – at the end of the day, people care about gas prices and food prices and uh, how they're destroying our country with, a, as Tony said, with a porous border – um, with uh, all these wacko leftist ideas that they're putting into society. So that's why it's, I think it's going to matter in the election. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I talk to people, I'll be honest, the border may come up, but the thing that first comes up is, man, how much is it costing you to fill your tank up now? I mean, that's the number one question. I've got a buddy bought himself a brand-new uh, pickup truck, cost him $120 to fill up his pickup the other day. Yeah, and I uh, uh, I think it was Saturday. I uh, filled my truck up. I was heading down to Warren for the tomato festival, and uh, you know, I had, the, had it running, and it clicked off, and I looked, and it was exactly $100.00, and oh. I, I still had a quarter tank before i started filling it up oh my gosh yeah i know i it used to cost me about 35 dollars. it's it's running 65 almost 70 now to fill up and uh we got a president that stood in front of the afl cio yesterday and said i'm tired of people talking about my reckless spending uh you know we're we're changing lives we're changing lives yeah changing lives for the worst that's what he's doing Exactly, and uh, they're going to keep changing lives that way as long as uh, their policies are are in place. And it's it's almost like it's just a, a crapshoot with them. You don't know what they're going to do next. It's not like they have a a plan, and it's not like anybody vets these ideas. They just throw them out there and see if they're going to stick. And and they're causing great harm to our economy and to the American people. I had Grover Norquist on uh, earlier this morning. He uh, was quoting a Barron magazine report saying that if you really figured out inflation with cost of food and the cost of energy and and everything else, he said, remember that during the Carter years, they changed how they formulated that. They took energy out of it, and it makes it lower. So we're seeing it says, okay, we're a little bit under 10%. Barron says the consumer price index is up 17%. That sounds about right to me when I look at prices today. Yeah, it uh, it seems like it's a lot worse than than the bad numbers say it is. And I was just reading this morning where the the producer price index 
was up another 10% mm-hmm. in, uh, in one month. So that's forecasting what's going to happen down the road. If it's costing producers more to make it, it and, and then they got to ship it, it's going to cost you more to buy it uh, wherever you buy it from. Yeah, it's, it's it, there's no good news in the future right now, except that November can't get here soon enough. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I hate to wish my life away, but this is it's painful up here right now with the legislation that they bring forward. I don't know if you you saw this, but in my committee this week, um, they finally had a bill markup. Uh huh. The, the marquee bill, the marquee bill, the thing that we gathered together finally to mark up was on regulating big cats, and it was it came from that Netflix TV show, uh, whatever it was called out in Oklahoma. But uh, we we laid into them on that one. Said we're the committee that's got jurisdiction over uh, energy development. And you're talking about cats. We had we had posters and, and everything else. They ended up adjourning the meeting because they, uh, uh, I think they just got to where they didn't want to talk about it anymore. But we're going to pick that back up here at 10 o'clock this morning and uh, have round two on it. Yeah, are they, I mean, this is what elections are about. If we take back the house then all of those committees the chairman and whatnot are going to are going to change correct and the republicans will get a chance at bringing forth the really important stuff that uh help people be able to maybe mitigate some of this crazy stuff that's going on out of the white house absolutely when, when i'm the chairman of the committee <clears throat> we're going to be having hearings on energy production we're going to be bringing uh, DOI officials in and having them explain why they haven't issued a single a single permit on federal land or water since Biden's been into office. And we'll be able to use subpoena power and probably find out stuff that, that's out there that nobody even knows about right now. Um, with all the negative effects that are happening, you can bet there's some puppet strings being pulled somewhere by these bureaucrats in the agencies. So uh, they know what's coming. Well, I'm sending them letters. We're laying the groundwork, and and they better get ready. Well, good. All right, we'll be we'll be looking forward to talking to you about all of that. The other thing I hope is done. Uh, you know, Congressman uh, Hill gets in with the banking committees, and and they stop these banks from not, you know, loaning the money to the the fossil fuel industry here in the in the country. Yeah, all this ESG stuff that the the woke mob has brought on us. Uh, there needs to be a lot of light shown on that. And if, if it can happen, I think we'll see that a lot of this is being done by uh, Wall Street. They're pushing this garbage, trying to create new areas for investment and be the first ones to, to get in it. And uh, there's some bad players out there in that, that area as well. But you've got the, uh, the infamous Maxine Waters who runs that yeah. committee right now. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Maxine Waters, yeah, she really talks logic, doesn't she? Woo. And then passes the yeah, money on uh, to her family. Yeah. Well, I've, I've had the wrath of Maxine before. I sat by her in a, in a testimony one time, and she didn't like what I had to say, but uh, she got frustrated, and they had to, had to adjourn that meeting. <laughs> Well, I feel sorry for you, but remember, remember, Congressman, it took a Carter to get us Reagan. Who knows what 
we're going to end up with here in two years. I'm hope it's going to be a great Republican. I just know that. Appreciate your time. Thanks for getting Tony Gonzalez on with us as well. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Dave. Have a great one. All right. That's Congressman Westerman here on the Dave Ellswick Show. He's doing a great job. Absolutely great job up there in Washington, D.C. I feel sorry for him going to the his committee. Uh, Natural Resources Committee, and they got to talk about, you know, the, the t- about tigers. Just, you know, I just stopped. I've I've gotten to the point where I don't beat my head against the wall anymore. I feel sorry for the wall. All right, I'll be back at nine. Doyle Webb's going to be with us. We're going to talk to him. State of the party in Arkansas. That's what's coming up on the Dave Ellswick Show. Nine o'clock hour, Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along uh, with us for this hour. Uh, Doyle Webb is going to be joining us here in just a moment. He got stuck in some traffic. Last I heard from him was about six minutes ago, and he was turned on university, so he should be here any moment now and uh, walk into the studio to to talk with us uh, and uh, discuss what's going on here in the state of Arkansas. As you know, we try to take this 9 o'clock hour and uh, look at issues and look at the state of Arkansas. Uh, Tomorrow, it'll be State Senator Alan Clark, who will be sitting in the seat across from me, and we'll be talking with him about uh, what's going on. We like to take the national issues that are going on and and twist them just a little bit so that we know what is going to happen here in the state uh, concerning those issues. For instance, if you heard uh, if you've heard Kim Hammer on Monday, State Senator Tim, Kim Hammer, and we talked about uh, the the uh, Senate gun control legislation that they're hoping to pass. So uh, had him. Uh, uh, on and I asked, okay, so what if they pass this and they, you know, they want to put federal federal money here into the state uh, dealing with red flag laws? What's the state legislature going to do about that? I mean, that's what you want to know. I mean, we're we're always interested to know what uh, the feds are up to. But you know, when the feds start offering free money, you got to get nervous about it. You need to be be nervous about it because it always comes with strings attached and that's the worry all right reach right underneath the there should be a silver button right there go on you can turn it up and there i am now you can hear me all right i know how that is i know how you haven't been in the studio in a while i know it's it. been a few weeks and i can turn it down too yeah you can't turn it down you don't want to hear what i have to ask you just turn your headphones off that'll be that'll work out real I'm, well you never scare me you don't scare me all right so let's sit and talk about the, why don't you bring us up to date 
Where's Doyle Webb right now? I mean, you, you, you've been on the road. You go into every county. Yeah, you did. You did uh, everything to to try to get the lieutenant uh, governor gig. Didn't work out for you. What's going on now? Well, you know, Dave, uh, I enjoyed the last year. I put over forty thousand miles on my car, Damn. and I appeared at over three hundred events. Wow, statewide. So I love Arkansas. That's almost one a day. We have a great, <laughs> and sometimes two. You know, that's how you because I never campaigned on Sunday. Okay. That uh, the Lord designed that as a day of rest, that's and that's right. why I did it. Okay. You know, I'm I'm reflecting, I'm discerning. Uh, what should I be doing at I this point? I know what you should be doing, but we'll talk about that off the air. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm doing, and uh, my wife is going to. Uh, uh, go through an investiture service next Monday, and so we've been focused on getting ready for that. And you know, she's been on the Supreme Court, right? But uh, because of COVID, she never had an official service. Oh, she's going to be sworn in, kind of like yeah. That's she's been sworn about. in, but she'll be get the, the you know they'll all that. get the robe and families coming in from out of state, Pictures. and it's a big doodah, and it's yeah, great. Cool. And so we celebrate Barbara. That's oh, what we're doing. Well, that's good. She that's need, right. She needs to be celebrated. She's done very well for herself. That's right. That's right. So I'm just, I am, uh, you know, I'm kind of like when I um, quit working, well, I quit working for Wynn Rockefeller. His term ended, and I was discerning what should I do, what should I do, and I practiced a little bit of law, and then all of a sudden, the Lord said, Doyle, you ought to run for chairman of the Republican Party. Right. And that was, you know, 13 years ago. Now, so I'm I'm waiting on direction at right. this point. That's cool. So, but I'm always available to you, and uh, well, you, you know, you know, my opinion's worth what you pay for. It, well, okay? here here's why I have you on, because you have uh, the history of the Republican Party. You were here as I've been here for the changeover from Democrat to Republican. Uh, you were here from going from blue solid blue to purple to red and then to bright red i mean it's i mean look it's been a huge change it has and we and we weren't purple very long no we were not <laughs> one about one year 20, 2010 was about it that's right that's right isn't it exciting i wanted to ask you about this bruce westerman in, back in 2010 was pushing forth as a state representative that what we needed to do to get around Lakeview, because that was the big obstacle at the time, Lakeview, uh, we needed to let the money follow the students. And he was castigated. He was cursed at. It was it was terrible, in fact. Mm-hmm. And uh, nobody gave him a, a, a second look. And I'm talking the Republicans even didn't want to even talk to him about it. Now I'm hearing for 2023 with Sarah, if she wins the governorship, which I highly think that she will do, I, I'm predicting 78 percent vote for for Sarah. That's what I'm. That's what I'm predicting. Maybe would that be the highest that ever has been? I would. I would think that it would be. Uh, and she would need to carry every county, which I think she can do. That I think she can as, do that. as well. Uh, that would that would be her opponents receiving. Thirty-two mm-hmm. percent. Is that right? No, 
22 percent. Uh, you may be a little bit high. Yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I just I look at <laughs> look. I didn't expect to see about 75 percent of Republicans coming out and voting in the, oh, it, in the, it in the was, primary. What a grand day! What a grand I mean, day! That was. I mean, you talk about sinking somebody's boat. The Democrats have had their boat sank. I mean, there's no doubt. They have nobody on. I will say Chris is 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 a, is a good candidate, but he's at the wrong time. He is, and and he is. <laughs> I, I I agree with you on both. Uh, and I thought it was unique that his brother was running for attorney general. Yeah, as Republican. Yeah, but he didn't run a campaign like Chris did. No, he didn't. Well, he didn't have the the funds Recession, to do that. Yeah. And he was running against yeah Tim Tim Griffin. Okay, yeah. and Tim's Tim going to be on uh, week after next. We're going to have him on. Gotcha. gotcha. Talk to him. But the the turnout was unbelievable, and that you could see that developing by being around the state. I know you know it also just because you're out with people. Uh, but the motivation out there, the uh, th- this is beyond 2010, mm-hmm. Dave. It's, I agree. It's going to be a tsunami's tsunami, and I would hate to be a Democrat. I running. would, too. I was talking earlier today about uh, Maya Flores. All right. She was a congressional candidate. Republican, 34th Congressional District, 85% Hispanic, and Biden won her district by 13 points uh, back in the presidential election. Her her uh, challenger lost to her by eight points. That is a 21-point swing. Mm. 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 And it was in a, a Hispanic district, 85% Hispanic. This woman just killed this guy and then on top of that you had what happened out in in nevada where amy uh Vella, i think is how she pronounces her name was uh bernie sanders candidate yes. that he got behind and yes. she lost to diana titus and titus you know wasn't the darling out there of the democrats she gathered 84.3 percent of the vote and bernie sanders candidate only got Fifteen point seven percent. What more can you say? That's brutal. Okay, that's right. That's right. So, but uh, anyway, I was, I was telling you about Sarah, yeah. Sarah. Of course, her people are already talking to the uh, the caucus, the Republican caucus in the House and the Senate. And I've heard now three different Republicans tell me that she's all bef- behind the money following the students. Mm. And if we pass that. As it was taught, uh, you know, told to me yesterday, uh, is is it's going to be huge. I mean, it's going to be huge. I think churches will get very interested in getting schools started. Putting in this schools state. in, you know, and, and let me let me give a little bit of disclaimer. Uh, I was on the campaign trail a lot with Sarah, and she was out there a lot. But I don't know personally what her plans are. So mm-hmm. anything I say, I don't want to say. Oh, I'm Doyle, not asking you. Yeah, about I, that, I know no. that. Uh, you know? Doyle Webb knows the inside. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that as as we approach that uh we need to be uh careful and cautious not to shock the system okay yeah uh and i think the goal there is to have a great education for all students in arkansas have a absolutely buff- have a buffet line not everybody likes fish 
Some people like roast beef. Some people don't like English peas. So have, uh, you know, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, but let's have quality education. Let's look at look at Florida. That's where they went, and they're it's just exploding there. That's right. It's so good. It, it really is. Choice is the way to go. Choice is when you get success. I honestly believe Sarah that. Sarah is going to be a great governor. People, you know, the liberal ink writers uh, have all kinds of questions. I have no question. I, I think she has grown up in a great political family. She understands the politics of the state. She's a true conservative. And uh, let's give her time. Oh, you, yeah. you got to give her time, okay? Yeah. It's like I said on the air yesterday, I had Carlton Wing on with me yesterday. And uh, I said, you know, first three months, honeymoon. Okay, yeah. then then the nitty gritty will start happening. I'll tell you the other interesting thing out on the uh, out campaigning. Many many mothers are excited that Sarah has small kids. Well, yeah, and that they can sense. identify with her, and I think she speaks to them. And I think that to me that has been a weakness in the Republican Party. We've been weak in in the soccer mom area, and I think that Sarah helps move us back into the soccer mom. Good. Area. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Oh, it is. I, well, we need a unified uh, to do things that need to be done. We need a unified citizenry electorate to get those things done. And then the other thing that I think Sarah is going to be instrumental in is slowly. Not I won't even say slowly. It's going to be a lot faster than what it's been. But we're going to move to getting away from the income tax. I agree, and I, I, you know, I say this cautiously. Uh, the Biden economy worries me, and I remember, and you do too. Uh, in two thousand, we uh, had a lot of. I was in the Senate, and we had money appropriated, and we had, you know, ABC, mm-hmm. and gosh, we we didn't fund some of the B because right. of the turn down and the economy, and the Biden economy could impact this removal of income tax i don't want to see it but i know that when you have a downturn of income you've okay. got to be cautious I okay i understand what they're, they're I'm, I'm not the canary in the uh, coal mine okay but i'm just a little concerned because i'm i don't like what i don't know what biden's going to do and i don't want the the socialists well, are going to sure do not going to change she said no. that yesterday no. at the afl cio <laughs> you know i'm i'm tired of people talking about my reckless spending where you know we're we're helping people yeah. uh yeah yeah no near but not. i'm with you we're, we're we're coming to the party late on the taxes the income tax uh, we need to move on that. We need to move. Uh, we got to watch this Biden economy and what it does in now, Arkansas. Wing said something yesterday that was very, very interesting. He said, "If we go to a zero percent income tax, we'd be the first state that ever did that." Really? Okay. That had an income tax and and then cut it to zero. The other I, states already didn't have an income tax. I didn't think about that. Okay. All right. Well, we didn't have a Republican Party either. That's correct. <laughs> you're, you're, and you're, we, went you're to, right. we went to zero on the Democrats. Yeah. So there we go. All right. We're going to come back. We've got a lot to talk with, and we're talking with Doyle Webb, of course, former chairman of the state Republican Party here in Arkansas. Don't forget about East End Towing. They can help you out. Look, they want you to understand 
out to, while you're out traveling, and a lot of you are going to be traveling because it's summertime, you see those flashing yellow lights on the you know right or left side of the, the road in the shoulder, please move to the far side of the road and give those people room to work. Too many people have been killed on the road uh, because they've been hit by a car, by a truck, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So East End Towing wants you to keep an eye out for those folks. And remember that no matter the situation, East End Towing can handle what you need. I mean, if your car breaks down, yeah, they're going to take care of you. If your car breaks down and you pull in your trailer, they can help you with that as well. You call them, uh, 501-888. 8849. Again, put it in your phone. 501-888-8849. East End Towing. All right, back with you. We're talking with Doyle Webb. It's good to have Doyle back into the studio here with me on the Dave Ellswick Show. Here's what I know about Doyle. Doyle would come on the show, and we would talk about the party, and he would be very outspoken about it. I got to tell you, he came on just about any time i asked him to absolutely and uh and and would let you know what was going on uh it's an exciting time i think to be a republican right now and to be a conservative because i really now is when i think coming up in 2023 that we're going to see some real changes i think i think republicans are going to start stretching their legs a little bit i've said all along i thought asa was the perfect bridge from 235 years or whatever it was of their their uh, 140 140, 140 yeah okay having control of the state to moving into a republican uh, ideology of of how we wanted to do things and you can't just hit the brakes and do a 180 and start the other way you're, you're exactly right. And let me say this. I think when we look back at you and I are the, the perfect ones to do this, we will see that there was substantial change. Yes, it was. During this period of time, uh, laying the groundwork to, as I have set out on the campaign trail, to start dismantling the Democrat controlled government that we've had in Arkansas. And it takes a while. We we Republicans are traditionalist. Yeah. Okay? And we, we, we oftentimes forget that that's a Democrat government over down the way here. Yes, in Little it Rock. is. Uh, and we're going to have to – our mindset, we've got to evolve into understanding – we need less government that does less for us and enables people to do for themselves that what government should not be doing. Choice and, equals freedom. That's right. That's right. But we've got we can't shock the system. We but we've got to be moving uh, at a good pace to get this done. Yeah. Okay? And I think things slowed down here in the in the uh, this time of Asa Hutchinson his last four years. I think. When uh, Sarah comes in, I think things will, I won't say warp drive, but I I still believe that we're going to move quickly. Well, you know, and there's an old saying, uh, new broom sweeps clean. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sarah is the the new broom, not to say anything about the old broom, uh, because, gosh, we've, we've headed down the right direction in so many ways. And we've had a good legislature, great legislature. I think they've done good. I I really have. Now, people say, well, they didn't do this. Well, 
it never works that way. You That's never right. get everything you want. Uh, it is a process. And uh, the only I time I'll, I got upset with them is when they were doing things that I knew they just absolutely had to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, it, it, will, it will take some time, but we will get where we need to be in what you're saying uh, in, in changing our government here. Uh, I also hope we get to where our legislative session is shorter. Okay. Okay. Uh, why do we need a ninety-day session? Okay. Why? Why do we, we need to file two thousand bills? I understand. So why do we need two thousand bills? Okay. I'm, I'm getting to all that. that. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I but think. but it's tradition. See, we've got to fight tradition. I'm a traditionalist. You're a traditionalist. We're we're fighting against our own genetics. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we've got to do it. Okay. All right. We're going to have uh, Doyle with us uh, during the next half hour as well. We already went through a half hour, but that's unbelievable. It goes fast. That's it goes right. fast when you're here. Anyway, we're going to talk uh, about what he's seen for the future because he's been out. Look, he's been out campaigning. That means that he's been out touching, you know, the grassroots. And what are the grassroots telling him or have told him while he's been out? doing his thing here in the the state i may talk to him about other things but that will happen during the breaks but you, you'll never <laughs> that's part of the show you don't get to hear i'm just like they'll you just know, have that. to wonder they're, yeah, they're, you know wonder, what shows we talking about well doyle knows what i'm talking about but anyway uh we're going to come back and do that uh right now we're getting ready for news we want to get to the news find out what's going on in the world and then you know, get back uh, or what's even happening here locally want to talk a little bit with you doyle uh in the next segment as well about uh, conservative republican thought here in arkansas may be totally different than the conservative Republican thought that's happening in Washington, D.C. You know, we want to talk about that. I mean, I have I have Hill and I have Westerman on every week talking about what's going on in, at, at the Capitol, and it sure doesn't impress me what the Democrats are doing up there to, to, to stop us. So we'll we'll talk further about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Right now, though, let's are we going to do local news? Let's do local news here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back, Dave Ellswick Show, Doyle Webb, sitting right across from me. And typically I would have said the chairman of the Republican Party of Arkansas, but that's not the case any longer, and I think it's to our detriment. But anyway, I'll just leave it there. There you go. Now, just leave it there. Well, you and I are good friends, and I, as I say, you can call me anything you want to call me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know my goal used to be that I, for the Democrats, I always wanted them to call me that damn Doyle Webb, and I think right. I went beyond <laughs> that, okay? So, <laughs> you know, when they drew me as the Night King from uh, – Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. I thought I had really arrived being the leader of the undead. There okay? you go. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, and Seth seems like he's doing good. Seth is doing good. You know, he and I shared a lot of mileage together. Yes. Uh, he went everywhere I went. And uh, so he's very smart. Uh, he's, he, he is very compassionate with people. People trust him when they call, and uh, they'll call him for information. 
about uh, something. So, And he's running the Victory Program. Yes, I know. I heard. There you uh, go. Sarah called him and asked him to do it. He said he would. Uh, yeah. i got to get him on to talk about that and exactly what that will all entail. And we'll He'll do a on. great job, and, and they have funds uh, to run a great campaign, which I believe will result in us having more Republicans in the state legislature in the House and the Senate when it's all said and done. How many more can we have? <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, what is it, a total of 25 in the House that we still need and then yeah. maybe five over in the Senate? I, I was, I knew you would ask me that, and I, and I have, I want to venture, I'm going to venture that we will pick up one Republican in each congressional district wow. in the House. That would be four more. I, I could be wrong. I was wrong once earlier this year, no. but uh, but I think we could pick up four more in the House. That'd take us to eighty-two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I always thought eighty was the max. Uh, and in the Senate, uh, you know, we might pick up one or two. It's uh, that's okay. I want to get enough Republicans in the House. That it's the way <clears throat> it's the way it was when I got here in 2000 for the Democrats, <laughs> when there were only four Republicans in the House and one, as I always say, so-called Republican in the Senate. Yeah. Uh, it, it, when we get to that, then we have made it. Well, Dave, I'll, I'll tell you this: when uh, as chairman, I got to the point that when I was in the Senate. There were seven Republicans and 28 Democrats. And when I left the, the uh, uh, chairmanship, there were 28 Republicans and seven Democrats. That's good, huh? That, hallelujah. Yeah. I, you know, I understand, I understand their pain. I, I really felt their pain, yeah. okay? But I enjoyed it. Okay? Well, you know, for the guys who, who filled in as chairman of the uh, Republican Party during that time, you know, I, I give them all the credit in the world that they kept the party going. Oh, absolutely. I, I will tell you, when I when I became chairman, it was difficult. Uh, we, we had been, and we've got a wall down there of all the pictures of the chairman. Right. And I wonder sometimes how they made the payroll. And I, I know that sometimes they didn't have much payroll, and I know mm-hmm. sometimes they had a lot of volunteers. It, it, the, the, to run the party now runs about forty to $50,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so you, as chairman, you've got to be out hustling. Sure. Okay? Uh, and uh, talking and understanding and understanding what moves people and understand what, uh, what doesn't move people and try and move the party in the direction of being the conservative party and keeping your financial base right. as well. So let me ask this question. Okay. How, if you were still chairman, how would you deal with Hendren and Common Ground? Uh, I would uh, ignore them. That's probably a good idea. Davey you know, Carter you, you, give your, you give your opponents credibility when you uh, acknowledge them. And I would just march on, and I would I would be sensitive to what they are doing. Uh, I would do my best to recruit the best candidates I could in those areas and, and get them elected. Uh, you know, uh, but but I would uh, I would just ignore them. Okay, uh, well, they're, they're not they're not offering anything. Right, that's right, that's right. I mean, what do they stand behind? They stand behind nothing except that. 
we're never Trumpers, and, uh, you know, we, we don't want politics to be ugly anymore. Let me just tell you what. Politics have always been ugly. Always. And uh, I'll tell you one thing. When you go back and you read, look at cartoons from the 1800s and the 1900s. I wouldn't have wanted to be Jefferson. They were vicious. <laughs> they yeah. were vicious. Yeah. And, uh, and let me say this of Jim and I, uh, Senator Hendren. Um, we are the party that he fought for us to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, he he was a what we would call uh, a Shiite Republican yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and uh, I remember when we were uh, talking all that. You know, his conversion doesn't mean our conversion. Okay, and his conversion doesn't mean Arkansas's conversion. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the side of three million people. Okay. Yeah. Or a good sex segment of that three million people, because we are a representative government of the people, and this this state wants to be a conservative, conservative state. Very conservative, and, and we need state. to deliver that to them decently and in order. But the Bible says decently and in order. I think we need to keep moving decently and in order. With, with that all, with that all said. Uh, you know, it, it amazes me when I look at Hendren and then I look, is Kim his dad? Yes. Okay. And Kim Hendren, people forget that he fought here not too many years ago, maybe three, four years ago, trying to get Howard Zinn's history book out of the public school system. Right. And right. I I honor him on the air for doing that. That That is the biggest piece of crap. That is in our school system here mm-hmm. in, in Arkansas. Howard's in his. If you've never read the book, uh, if you're if you're solid on your history, then read it because you'll pick up all the errors in it, in it. quickly. Yep. You know the other thing you said. Kim is his dad. Also, Gayla is his sister. Yeah. And there's a common ground candidate that he is helping fund against his own sister up there running for his senate is he seat. hoping to come home for thanksgiving uh, i don't it's, I, i'd like to be a fly on the wall there <laughs> yeah, that'd, be, that'd be really and he has another thing. sister running for gala's position hope hope uh-huh. and her i can't recall her uh, married name but uh two very fine conservative women running for the legislature okay so i'm and let me say this that the women in the republican party have done a yeoman's task in the House and in the Senate. I'm just going to tell you, I'm, I was so overjoyed uh, with Lundstrom coming back and Mayberry coming back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm going to lose somebody's name here. I'm thinking out of Perryville uh, that uh, yeah. they changed her. Mary Bentley. Mary Bentley. Mm-hmm. Uh, they changed her. They changed her whole district, and she still won. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. She's a worker, and she's good. That's right. She's. A, I mean, I I talked Mary into running. All right, and I didn't uh, realize. And she, she got she got beat, and then she came back and ran again, and she won. I love Mary. I I kid her. I say, Mary, we Southerners listen slower than you talk. <laughs> Okay, slow down a little bit, okay? Uh, she's done a, a – you know, and the women of the Republican Party have done uh, have done a great – Davis uh, has done well. Uh, Brand has done well. And, yes. uh, I mean, we've got – Up and down, a, a up, and down up and down, up and down. Never forget Jane English. Jane yeah. English was there way before it was cool. And they pushed – 
So I'm just saying they have pushed the men some to do what's right. Isn't that always the case? And that's good. <laughs> that's good. I'm 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 really proud of them. I really, really am that, that they've done. Robin Lundstrom has been my number one conservative in the House for the last two sessions. She is very thoughtful. Uh, you know, she has a doctorate. You may not know that. I it's, did not know it, that. It's Dr. Robin Lundstrom. Wow. And not medical doctor, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so she she's very educated and very thoughtful. Uh, and so she's great. She and her husband both are great up there. Hey, let me let me throw out something here. Just okay. uh, uh, you know, we we have talked about who who will be the chairman of the Republican Party. Okay, um, coming along, and and we we elect a chairman every two years in December. I think one thing I I, I was probably the last chairman to be elected when we didn't have a Republican governor. Okay. Okay. All right. In 2008, I was elected. Mike BB was governor. Then I was elected three times after that. Boy, he's kind of faded into the into the paint, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Yes, he has. That's fine. (laughs) He he used to when I would criticize him, he would call the party and jump on me for criticizing him and have it on speakerphone. I know he had people in his office just kind of crowing, you know, how I can whoop up on this. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I think the thing we need to keep in mind is that we're, we're getting ready to have a Republican governor in Sarah. will be the first time we've had a Republican first woman. Yeah, and the first time we've had a Republican governor follow a Republican governor. Oh, okay. Not because right, you had Frank White, nobody after him. You had Rockefeller, nobody after him. And, right. and Hutchinson followed himself. Yeah. So it's not and Huckabee followed, but a change. And I think we need to keep in mind that the um, uh, the governor is the titular head of the mm-hmm. party. That's right. the term. The president's the titular head. Uh, Rana. Ronald McDaniel was the choice of uh, Trump, and so we on the state committee elected her. I don't know how Sarah will view that, but I know there's a lot of people out there looking and thinking about running. You can't run against the governor. You just can't run against the governor. You've got no. you've got to you've got to walk together, and you need to uh, be in tune with the governor. Uh, and so I would I would encourage anyone that's thinking about running, they should visit with 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 our soon to be governor elect. I and, would agree and, with that. Uh, let's let's we don't need a party that's headed in a different direction than the governor than the legislature. We need to be unified in what we do. All right, got to get our final break in. Let's do that. Doyle Webb, my special guest, we'll have more with him when we return on the Dave Ellswick show. Let's finish it up, Doyle Webb. How about it? Can I bring it? Can you talk freely about races? I can. All right. I want to talk about a race that I have been very outspoken about. Okay. Sturge. All right. Sturge has not voted the platform. He just has not done it. And I want him gone. And I like the person who's running against him. And, uh, you know, it was, a th- I think, what, three people were in it, so neither yes. one got 50%, so they have to have the runoff. And right now... Is runoff going on with that one too? Yes. I mean, the, yes. The voting has started. Right? Bo- voting has started. started Tuesday. It's, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, that's one that I I really got my eye on because uh, I'm trying to think of the gentleman's name that's running against him, and he's a real conservative. Where's the cowboy hat? 
And I can't, and I guess can't bring it. And, and you know, our, our minds, sometimes we just have this brain. Uh, it's in the car business. I can see. A strong, strong supporter of the used car, yep. uh, repealing Getting the used car tax. And uh, I can't think. But anyway. Yeah. Yep. That, that's one. And, and also because of the person who used to hold that office uh, that used to be up there. And, of course, she has died since that time. But, uh, you know, I just got I want to see him gone. You know, I, and I noticed that uh, Governor Huckabee endorsed Sturch. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, I haven't talked to Governor Huckabee about that. I, I was a little maybe a little surprised. Huh, Twenty nine hundred dollars he gave to him from his pack and uh, he cut some, some some spots for him. Right. I right. think that there is a look. I saw this in Indiana. uh with the governor, I'm trying, trying to think of his name now because it's been a while. Uh, but his his daddy was senator, and uh, along came this guy, that Birch no, By, Birch By, yes, yep, yep. and Evan By, uh, and Birch got beat by uh, by Quayle and uh, taken out of his Senate seat. Mm-hmm. But I used to have Evan on all the time, and I would ask him. I said, "What's Thanksgiving like between you two? Because they had differences of opinion. And I'm going to wonder if that's not some of the things that go on between uh, uh, former Governor Huckabee and and Sarah. I think that there may be some differences there. You know, once again, I'm I'm cautious not to speculate. but I I think uh, that the challenger would do a great job. Mm -hmm. Okay? Uh, I think... Sturch is going to be hard to beat because he has time and campaigns and right. is a teacher. Uh, but I, I was impacted by the number. Uh, I think. I think is it is it him where I saw that he had missed a lot of votes. Yeah, he missed votes. But the, the Senate race with Ballinger is the one where oh, the challengers right. missed so many votes. And yeah. I bring up on that my heartburn with the challenger against Ballinger and. Uh, when uh, Alan Kerr was trying to get rid of special elections and they were going through the the uh, uh, committee on that, it was his vote that killed it. And he said that the reason he voted against is because uh, from King, what I King, King yeah, yeah was yeah. because his his uh, 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 what was it uh, superintendent. I would favor Ballinger. Well, in, I do. in that race, uh, I do too. He, he's a, now he's, they're both good conservatives. They're, they're both conservatives. Uh, King, uh, I have known, and I, uh, he, he he doesn't a lot of time, he doesn't play well on the playground. Okay, he 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 seems to sharp alienate. elbows. Yeah, that's right. He seems to <laughs> alienate people, and at this time and place i don't know that we need to be alienating people so peyton running against peyton there john peyton that just popped in my head yes. all right yeah, yeah i knew john it was peyton. i knew it was a p yeah i just couldn't get there that's so right that's, that's i got peyton. to see him on the campaign trail i've never heard him speak uh because a lot of times they don't let the state reps speak at some of those events but uh i was at a lincoln day dinner where he was there i know he's well thought of up in baxter county uh, and of course, uh, the uh, I, I have a heart. I, when I ran for the state senate, my goal was to repeal the used car tax. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have a heart that. for that. Okay. Uh, it's been so, around long enough since Clinton. That's right. 
That's exactly right. And we need to get rid of it. Yep. We talk about other things, but that's one of those things that we need to get rid of. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. you got to push. That's right. <laughs> you just got to push on that. I, I ask questions about it. That's right. All right. So we're, I think we all understand that I think the Republican Party is poised to do some major, major things here in this state. And I'm excited. I want people just to think for a moment. If the election goes as I think it will in November, we'll have a chairman of the Ag Committee in the Senate. We'll have a chairman. U.S. Senate. Yeah, US. the U.S. Senate. We'll have a chairman in the Natural Resources Committee in the House. We will have a person who's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be the committee or uh, one of the smaller committees, but uh, French Hill's going to be over banking somewhere within the House. Financial services, uh, something. You yeah. got Tom Cotton, who I think let, kind of let the cat out of the bag yesterday that he's looking down the road at the presidency this is we are at the point right now the way the democratic party was back in the 60s i mean think of who controlled the committees some the big committee that's crazy and means wilbur and mills yeah yep. i mean john small McClellan. state small state with an overwhelming power you know i and i we are there we are there and i think uh Arkansas is a microcosm of the United States. And I think by our being so strongly conservative and red, it frees up our elected officials to gain seniority and gain security in being able to do those things. Hey, I ask every farmer right now, what will your life be like if John Bozeman is the chairman of the Ag Committee in the Senate. I'm just telling you, good. the money flows to the state that has the chairman. I'm just telling you. That's right. It's That's the way right. it works. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, he, he, he is criticized because he is soft-spoken. But soft-spoken a lot of times gets... Doesn't mean you don't have a strong backbone. That's exactly right. That's right. Yeah, I've, everything that I've ever talked to John about, I've, I've found him to be a, a good conservative. That's right. I really, I really have. I am excited about Westermans. Yeah. Uh, I th- because we have so many things in Arkansas that he could impact. Okay. Did you, did you hear him today on the show? I did not. Oh, he made the statement. He says, if I'm chairman, he says, we won't be talking about tigers. Because that's what they're talking about right now. Because the Tiger King out of Oklahoma yes. and all that. He says, this is the most ridiculous stuff. we got all this stuff going on about our energy. We need to get that taken care of. And if I'm chairman, we will. There you go. I'm, I'm all about... Bruce is a smart man. Well, uh, that's right. You don't. You don't. What did he graduate from Yale? Yep. In forestry. Yes. Okay. You know, go to Yale and get a forestry degree. Maybe they'll stop some of those and fires the only out f- on the west. Oh, he, if they would follow his advice, uh, the, the those issues would stop. Yeah. Okay. Do I hear music? Yep. We're almost out of time. Hey, it's always great. Got a minute to be with you. Just got okay? a minute, and yeah. I'll come back anytime you call. I me. want you. To. I was in Florida when you checked 
me uh, last week. My during the campaign, my sister passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the first week that I announced, and she wanted her ass, ass ashes. There you go. I got to be careful there. Right. Yeah. Deposited in the Gulf uh, near one of the beaches that she loved. Oh, and so very we, nice. She and a, a miraculous thing. We deposited those, and a bunch of dolphins started breaking the water oh, right there. Very. And cool. then a white bird flew over. So if you're not a person of faith, that would tell you there's a lot of good things going on there. Yeah, and then heaven opened up that's at good. that moment. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Doyle, for coming in. Tomorrow in the 9 o'clock hour, this is going to become an important hour, I'm just telling you. we got uh, State Senator Alan Clark on with us. Oh, I love Alan Clark. going to be fun talking to him. i got to get out of here on the Dave Ellswick Show.